Hello and welcome to the September edition of the Comics Pals Book Club. The gang is all here. Tyler. Hello. Kale. What's up, hot dog? Marco. I wouldn't join a gang. And Sean, uh, welcoming you to our gang as we are here to discuss the book voted by you all, the patrons. Uh, for this month, we are doing Batman White Knight and Batman Curse of the White Knight oh. as chosen by me. So, you are the people. Well, I'm the one who gave the people the ability to choose this book. Uh, and then they chose. Okay. You know? Collusion. No. The lie of freedom. <laughs> the illusion of choice. That's right. <laughs> what else are you going to choose? Are you going to choose this or what were the other picks? Um, I think Berserk was an option. Surprise that Berserk. was. That's right. Yeah. Swamp Crisis or some shit. Yeah, the people have spoken. They're, they're letting you guys know where it's at. Um, and it's at Batman. Uh, so this is Sean Gordon Murphy's Black Label offering. Um, Sean Murphy is one of the, I would say, few um, mainstream writer artists who do it at the scale and scope that, you know, really only the likes of Frank Miller and I think now Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm sure, you know, you could name, you know, a handful of others, but those are the, those are the, I think the primary ones. Um, I'm sure Chip Zdarsky, you know, you could also say that about. Patrick um, Yeah. But Sean Murphy, this was his first time, I think for the big two, writing stuff. I, I want to say that's correct. Because um, I know he had... Um, uh, American Jesus, I think it was called. Punk Rock Jesus? Punk Rock Jesus. Well, yeah. American Jesus, I think it was Mark Miller. That was yeah. Mark. That's yeah. the Mark Miller one. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, the, but this was his first time, I believe, writing for DC. Um, and it's a controversial book for sure. Uh, it was published between October 2017 and it wrapped up in May. At least uh, The White Knight did. And then uh, Curse went on from uh, 2019 to 2020. Um, and it's it's Sean Murphy's show. The only other uh, contributors are Todd Klein on the letters and Matt Hollingsworth on the colors. It's controversial for a few reasons. So first of all, let's talk about Sean Murphy. Uh, Sean Murphy is not well-liked on the internet. <laughs> um, and now I think, you know, even in the more recent months, like now he's going to be a realtor and people are on him about that. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, and all, you know, all oh. these different kinds of things. There's a landlord oh. specifically. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hey, it's a good business, right? My dad's a landlord. Well, down with Marco's dad. Keep that in eat, mind. You got yeah. to eat your dad now. Yep. No, I eat the rich, not the, uh, you know, stable income. Well, if he's buying houses, got to eat him up. Yum yum, eat them up. Is that a little rascal? Is that an our gang reference? Did we, did we go back to some our gang? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. Uh, so, but at the time, in the 27, 2018, 2017, 2018 uh, time frame, the reason why people didn't like Sean Gordon Murphy is because they felt that he was courting Comicsgate. Um, That's right. Yeah. 
and there was that whole controversy. Wasn't it about his willingness to work with certain creators? Less so like the direct courting of or like outright support? There was never any outright support. Right. And when I say courting, I, I you know, I'm referring to like not not sureably shutting that stuff down, um, saying that he had friends on both sides and that mm-hmm. he's more of a listener and all that kind of stuff. Um he eventually I think did make a, you know, pretty blatant statement on the matter but um i think sean murphy's um the public perception of him was irrevocably damaged based on that so people were worried of course that all of this and the the kind of parts of sean murphy that they don't like would would spill into uh white knight i chose this book because i really enjoyed it uh i thought it was bold i thought it was very different Remember, this is when Black Label pretty much first started, and so we were getting a taste of what that could look like, and this was such a radically different depiction of the principal characters, Batman, Nightwing, Barbara, Joker, um, Jim, Gordon, that I was into that. And I was willing to overlook what I'm sure will come up, which is dialogue that is not great. And probably... Fair to say, on the bottom tier of the writer-artists that you can think of who do big work across the industry right now. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if yeah, I go I don't that know far. about that. Interesting. Okay. okay. Interesting. Well, yeah. I, I figured that would be the vibe coming into this conversation. Um, but if you guys disagree, that's fine. Let's get right into it with our thoughts on the premise I don't even want your overall thoughts yet. I want your thoughts on the premise. This is a this is a Batman and a Joker who are essentially trading roles. Sean Murphy's Batman is jaded. He's angry. He's bitter. He's been doing this for a while. It's not getting better. And his loved ones and friends can see that something is deeply wrong with him. Meanwhile, the Joker uncovers these pills that allow him to become sane and he decides to weaponize his sanity against batman and hold his crimes up to the light of gotham so that the people can choose who they want to be their white knight how do you guys feel about the premise well for me even like outside of the premise like i was a big murphy fan um like the wake by uh, scott snyder yeah. Like a late, late Vertigo book mm-hmm. by him. I was really into that. Um, and just like his pinup stuff was real good. So when I heard Sean Gordon Murphy was doing uh, a Batman book, I was like, yo, that Batmobile is going to fucking slap. This dude can draw vehicles like like nobody's business. So that alone I, I was into. And then once I learned of the premise of, you know, like, oh, we're kind of like inverting the roles mm-hmm. of, you know, the Joker and Batman. The White Knight is not Batman. It's joker um it was different enough for me to be like yeah you know what i'm down to try that i'm I'm down to give that a go so yeah i think in similar fashion i the the premise seems interesting i think there's a usually when it comes to territory about batman being jaded or he's getting older about stuff i kind of like i'm like okay you're trying to ape the edginess of let's say a uh Oh, which I'm call it, uh, 
Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, you know, and so I'm always skeptical about that kind of thing. And I think this takes a much different angle, which I really appreciate in particular because of the introduction of Joker going sane, which again, also something that, you know, can be dicey and, and potentially something that would be, could put somebody off. But uh, when done well like this, I mean, you know what? I liked it. Mm. Cool. I think overall, I, I do think it's well executed. I think the, by the premise, uh, I wasn't sold. Um, I, I think I sort of avoided this book mostly just it was on the fringes of my radar anyway but i think i sort of avoided it because of the the sean murphy reputation that was boiling Mm. um i didn't even know that much about him in the first place but um just the concept just uh, didn't do anything for me um Mm. i've been tired of the joker for a long time and uh reading a book where he's saying well i think my initial impression was that he was literally becoming a white knight like like a white batman mm. and I, I don't reading that i have no idea where i would have gotten that <laughs> um so that was certainly a less I, I feel like this was even a, a less entertaining take than what I imagined it was. Hmm. Um, so I think I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. Um, I really liked Sean Murphy um, before this announcement. This was uh, right around the time of one of my favorite books, something that I, I tried to get us to read for this, but it didn't work out. Um the people voted differently, but uh, I I really love Tokyo Ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. where I know him yeah. from too. Yeah, and I I really appreciated that. And then the wake also, as Tyler pointed out. Um, so I was gung ho for seeing more from such a talented artist, and I didn't know that he could write. So I was looking forward to that. Premise wise, I think you guys know by now if you're a regular listener that I tend to like things to be in continuity. Um, but because Black Label was new. I wanted to give it a try, and I would say I probably read more Black Label when it started than I do now because of that fact, but this book had all the makings of something that I would really enjoy, and I did. Um, I think that the concept was executed perfectly, and it gives us it gives us a look at, you know, at Batman and his supporting cast that's radically different, but I think informative of their relationships. And there were times at which I was surprised by the ways that Sean Murphy decided to take the story. And I like that. Um, it wasn't always what I would have done. And, you know, that's fine. He's the, he's in the driver's seat and I enjoyed being along for the ride. Um, so let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the ways in which it's very, very different. So, I think the first difference that's immediately noticeable is that we're dealing with a Batman who is a lot less concerned with the world around him than we're used to. Uh, it takes the concept of Batman as a tunnel vision, you know, uh, 
sentinel of justice to its extreme by making him not really even care about property damage, civilian damage, even Barbara and uh, and Dick, who are, are very much a part of this story, all in pursuit of the Joker. I, I tend to be rubbed the wrong way by depictions of Batman like that. Because to me, Batman is very much, his mission is a human mission. Um, and I don't think that he's less human for doing this. It's just an extreme version of humanity. But we know that Batman cares about people. We know that he has loved ones. So when it first started, I was like, ah, I don't really care for the way that we're being shown Batman right here. It feels like a, a more extreme version within the already extreme version that is Batman. Mm. And um, again, it feels like you ape on the Dark Knight Returns there. But I think the differentiator here is that as much as he's he, he does have that support system, which is a little bit closer and they're more concerned with him than he is about himself. And um, Alfred's still around for a portion of the book, at least. And um, the that introduction, I think the way he was careless about the city when we first saw it, because the first issue opens, if I remember correctly, like on like riding on rooftops with the car. And I remember when you had tagged me for the palace balls on this. I'm like, you know, that was that was a cool introduction to the story and to the character in this iteration of it because it sets the tone like he doesn't give a shit anymore he's down to stop crime at any cause with risk to to anyone or anything because he needs to stop crime and he's gone so central on his mission that he's lost um maybe not the humanity necessarily because he still doesn't kill but he's lost his um his awareness of other people I mean, Sean Murphy's focus on property damage in this book should have been a clear indication of his uh, <laughs> his career trajectory. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't feel like this was such an extreme shift for Batman. Mm. Um, I, the style and the feel and even some of the continuity... Um, seems to be pulled a lot from the animated series which uh to me i can see how that would be a sort of a an extreme shift but i don't know sort of modern batman it doesn't strike me that way i think um especially uh post geez post dark knight maybe i think that's just batman I think he I think I think a lot of stories of like modern Batman are about him regaining that vision and that uh, that that uh, uh, taking off the blinders toward other people. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I feel like as much as people say that Batman is this extreme um, dark character, I think a lot of the Batman runs over the last 15 years have actually been um, a rejection of that. Morrison's Batman is not the, you know, gruesome, brutal dark knight that feels like it's within the spirit of uh, Frank Miller's. 
And I, I don't, I mean, Tom King's is an absolute condemnation of that. Um, and Scott's, it doesn't even really deal with that. So coming from that um, place, this being, of course, in 2018, 2017, which is just in the space of Tom King's run and, yeah. you know, coming off the heels of Snyder, for me, this was pretty different. Um, and I was surprised by how I felt about it. Um, what carried the first issue for me was, I think, more so the way that the world felt already very lived in. Um, I think Murphy does a good job of putting us into the space of the White Knight world really fast. And you understand really quickly what the relationships are between the characters, which I enjoy. Um what helped me find my way into the story more was when we learn that Alfred is sick and dying. Because then I was able to say, okay, similar to how in the Batman uh, film, Batman freaks out when he thinks that Alfred died. Um, this is that to me. He loses himself in Batman and in the dark side because Alfred is dying, he's at risk of losing, you know, the person who was essentially his father figure for the last, you know, 20 plus years. Uh, that struck a chord with me. And then I said, okay, now I can understand why this Batman is the way that he is right now. And that this is a turn even for the people that love him. You said Batman, the Batman. I have to assume you mean Batman and Robin. No, the Batman. Batman and Robin. Where Alfred the, dies? The Batman no. and Robin. I, I'm think, I think he's talking about the most recent Batman. Yeah, I know. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. And, and he does it, it. Alfred dies in Batman and Robin, too. Like, I forgot. Does he? How? Does he? Doesn't he? No. I don't think he does. I don't recall. He gets, wrong, he's... He's real sick, though. I remember that because that's the whole reason. Oh, the actor Silverstone—that's for sure. No, 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 no. That's the whole reason Alicia Silverstone shows up. Right. That I recall. Maybe hmm. he doesn't die. Apologies. He's just ancient in that movie. That's all. Might as well be. Well, Alfred is in critical condition in uh, in White Knight over here, and. Um, you know, again, that's a huge motivator for Bruce. The other thing that I was really intrigued by was the idea of there being two Harley Quinns. Yeah, that was cool. I really liked that. And that helped me find my way in. I am not a Harley Quinn fan. I don't dislike Harley Quinn, but I don't have an affection for her. Uh, the way that I do for many, many other characters. And I don't, I can't tell you why, but she's just not one of my people. Yeah. But in this book, seeing that there were two versions of her, and it feels like it's almost an answer to the real life criticism of how much she had changed in the wake of the success of Suicide Squad mm -hmm. and how, how she had become a different character, they split it. So the animated series, essentially, version of Harley Quinn is who he originally, who Joker was originally with, and at some point, a different person assumes the moniker of Harley Quinn, and Joker's so loopy, he doesn't even realize that that happened. Or at least it's never acknowledged by him to her. 
I thought that was really uh, clever and interesting. Uh, honestly, for me, the Harley Quinn is, I think, my favorite character throughout all of these White yeah. Knight stories. Harleen um, specifically, right? Yeah, they are the main one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one that matters. Um, <laughs> in fact, they actually even do a spinoff series, which I really recommend. I think that might be one of my favorites. Yes. Um, things in this universe um but it, it was really nice to see our main harleen harley um kind of really come into her own in this mm-hmm. um it's a little hard to talk about her um without spo- getting ready to the end of the first volume um but she has growth in this and that's that's her whole mo is that there is growth for this character there's growth ever since her inception uh, so much so that she left the Joker at one point, um, mm. and she grows past the Joker, and then it's 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 the Joker and her kind of um, uh, like the skeletons skeletons in her closet, kind of coming back to haunt her throughout the series. Um, and how does she kind of get past that? Um, her relationship with Bruce throughout this is different, <laughs> to put it lightly, <laughs> um, but it somehow works. Yeah. Um, I. I it, Murphy does a pretty good job at like relating them, making them almost like two sides of the same coin where the coin is the Joker. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then because of that shared trauma that is the Joker, that kind of makes the relationship between Bruce and Harley super interesting, which I don't think I've ever seen. And honestly, I'm not sure I'd want to see in like a main continuity thing. So I think that's a good way of playing with the, you know, alternate universe sandbox here that, that I really enjoyed. And also, the, the costumes he makes for Harley in this? Fantastic. Even, uh, did she go by Riot? Is that what she went by? The other Harley? Like, once she gets that, like, that new costume? That no, she's one? Neo Joker. Neo Joker. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. The, that, that relationship, that dynamic felt familiar. I couldn't place it, but for whatever reason, I felt like I've seen that before. And I don't know why. I, I, I liked it a lot. I think it worked really well. And I would enjoy seeing that dynamic between Bruce and Harley. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for Joker because at the end of the day, she cares about him. Like She genuinely loves the uh, who he is. Joker aside, I guess. Um, Jack and, Napier? Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Bruce has always had this just deep, maybe not hatred, but there's this mirror that gets placed in front of him with joker sometimes and i like the fact that she's able to kind of expose a different angle and he finds his way into their dynamic through her uh, i thought i yeah similarly i thought that was all well done um really liked her as a character and how she was used uh and the way that they make joker even more just apathetic about shit where oh yeah some new girl just walked into his life and he started abusing her so like, yep that's it. He doesn't give a shit. I'm like, damn, actually, yeah, like that, that makes sense. Like he, why would he care if he, if he's a sociopath, he wouldn't care who he's, who's by his side undying, uh, as long as he's able to use them. Right. They don't have a real, she's an NPC, you know, yeah. everybody in Joker's world is an NPC uh similar maybe you could argue to the way that batman is operating right now mm-hmm. in that he's so singularly focused that he doesn't really care at all who's in his way who's standing beside him who's not 
Um, and I, I think, you know, you could even extrapolate that and make that argument about his Robins. Um, and they use they so the, the relationship between Batman and the Robins in this story is interesting because you have uh, Dick Grayson, you have Batgirl, who's not a Robin, but she is one of the you know young people who's followed Batman. And then Duke is in the book, but he's totally dissociated from that origin that we know, the main origin. But the other Robin, who's not quite in the story, but is referenced heavily and who hangs over the book like a specter, is Jason Todd. And the relationship there is different because in this world, Jason's the first and Dick came second. So that's a really, obviously, a completely different um, situation. And it's interesting because in in this world, the first Robin is a representation of, of Batman's biggest failure. Whereas in mainline continuity, one could argue that Dick Grayson's success and transition into Nightwing is a representation of Batman's greatest success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was an interesting inversion. I agree, uh, but the at least what we what we what we read, White Knight and Curse, uh, don't seem to do much with it. I think the vol. It seems like the volume after this will or has. There's even like uh, a side thing going on right now yeah, for Jason yeah, Todd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it uh, the Dick Grayson Bruce Wayne relationship just kind of felt. It felt stuck in that time in the animated series where dick leaves the group and becomes nightwing himself and he's very bitter and very angry but hangs around anyway he, he didn't seem too angry to me he seemed like he's kind of just accepted who he is and uh, will be agreeable or disagreeable depending on the situation hmm. like he seemed like I, like he's like i get what bat i get who bruce is at this point i'm not mad about it because that's who he is and i'm gonna push back where my own opinions you know differ and that's like it just it felt very um it felt a little emptier in comparison to some of the other stuff that Mm. comes out between dick and uh bruce where they have this really close closer tight-knit relationship it doesn't even look like that affection was necessarily even damaged seemingly It, it just looks like he's just like i get i get it um, like I appreciate you. You're you're a father figure to me, and I recognize that and that the importance of that. But that's kind of there. There's a bit of distance there, but it doesn't feel angry. Hmm. I want to agree with that, but then I thought about the conversation that Dick has with Barbara, where she tells him, you know, uh, he's done everything for you. How could you speak to him this way? Hmm. Um, and all that stuff, where it feels like. Barbara's the one who doesn't have deep-seated negativity towards Batman. She just needs him to chill the hell out. Whereas Dick seems to have something underneath the surface. He wasn't there for me. Thank goodness it was Alfred who came and ran after me when I tried to run away. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of undercurrents of trauma on his part that are playing out in his interactions with Bruce um, and in his conversations about Bruce, which... You know, 
I think Bruce feels guilty for the death of Jason, which hangs over him. He's not a player in the book, but it comes up several times. Batman hates Joker because he thinks, well, for you know being a menace, but the emotional reason is for the fact that he believes Joker killed Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. And that failure, again, his greatest failure, cascades down to Dick in the sense that he's not there for him either. He's unavailable. And he's not able to right his wrongs in that regard until Alfred's letter down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I read it. I, I never cared for Nightwing's characterization in this. Mm. Um, yeah. Because, like, what you describe is right. That That is how I read it, too. Like, that's the text of the book. But for me, that's just antithetical to what Nightwing should be. And also him becoming, like, a cop doesn't feel right to me for, for Dick either. Like, trajectory-wise, it makes sense for Barbara. 100%. But it no, doesn't feel I... like something Dick should be doing. I, I, but I guess in this world, this Dick would. Um, but in, I'm, I'm taking in main, that. In main continuity, he was a cop in Bloodhaven for right. years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess guy, true, I feel like it but, with this character. I feel like it does. Uh, I guess so. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think, I th- I think the thing is, it feels weird that Nightwing becomes That's a cop. what I'm getting at. Yeah, there's Fair no distinction between the two. It's yeah. turning vigilante- vigilanteism into, like, it's, it's blurring the lines, which I don't think he would do really i kind of get that vibe from him of being able like being somebody who colors more in the lines on that kind of situation where he's willing to give a bit more if he's allowed a bit more uh to be able to do good to be able to save people even if he has to sacrifice some of his own uh i guess uh i don't know free agency to do what he will with crime but he's able to address more of it i think he'd take that opportunity because that's the kind of person that at dick is at the end of the day and can shine through in nightwing i i i particularly enjoyed that characterization i never questioned it hmm. again um, i'm i'm just taking in my baggage from outside of this into this book so that that's yeah. totally me fair enough fair enough um so the joker in this story obviously this is like i would say 2018 is peak Joker fatigue, right? This is after Suicide Squad. This is uh, is it? It's after or just before? I can't remember uh, the right Joker before, film. I believe it's right, right before. before. Yeah, twenty twenty Joker. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we had already probably seen the trailers, and you know the conversation around should this movie exist was definitely a factor. I think people were wanting to cool off on the Joker. And so here's a story that says, okay, well, let's turn the Joker good. But what I like about it, because the premise is not appealing to me, but what I like about it is really the execution. It's that, yeah, these pills have made him, you know, sane. But really what they've done is eliminate the Joker personality. And what's remaining is a person who's still as obsessed with Batman and who similar to Batman, is willing to break the rules. So, in a sense, he's the same. He just lost the the, the Joker quality, the, the insane quality, which I 
I, that's even you know kind of murky and weird, but you know we'll go with it. That's what the story's presenting. Um, I like that that he's still an extremist. He's still willing to do what he has to do to get what he wants. Controlling all the villains, uh, the assault on um, the on uh, on the library, like all those are things the Joker would do with less flair and style, but still that criminal mind, that genius element that is in there. But it was only those two examples, and then he went like more or less straight with talking to Duke and trying to uh, put forward the commission plan with respect to with uh, with what's his name with uh, Gordon. Like once the initial stuff started, then he pivoted away from needing to go like the illegal crime route and tried to actually go as straight and narrow as he possibly could at that point. I, I think the i think the the fact that he's willing to dabble in it equates him to a batman who like vigilantism technically isn't legal but it has a benefit and while this initially was done illegally and the steps moving forward weren't um not to say that they're it's excusable but there's more of a gray area there than i'll give the joker directly oh i mean obviously <laughs> the joker is a mass murderer i'm talking about the the quality within him to have that mind of saying this is the plan this is the scheme you know the joker is known for his his schemes and the kinds of things he puts together i'm saying that that those qualities translated over into the jack napier personality and that when you look at it from that lens now he's not different than batman their mission statements are the same and they're willing to break the rules in similar ways to get what they want. I just think um, the whole sanity versus insanity, there being like a Joker and a Jack Napier. I liked it, but at the same time, I was like, isn't this Two-Face? Hmm... Isn't Especially this, in the second volume. Isn't this mm. Harvey Dent and Two-Face, really? The guy using the law to try to take down Batman. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the crazy side of him is using the underground for it. I, I don't know. Like it. Again, I really like this. Especially when, when it was coming out. Uh, I'm a little cooler on it now, but especially when it was coming out. Um, week, month to month. Um, I really enjoyed it. But it did feel a little, a little Two-Facey for me. Even he shows up in this book too. He doesn't really do anything, but um, that's actually a cameo that's actually, appearance. It's funny that you say that now. I didn't. I didn't have that thought until you just said that, and I, I even remember him being Two Face being in the book and me not even blinking an eye at it. And now that you're saying it, it does very much so feel like that. Like it is a story of just two people inside the same body. Well, I mean, you could argue that's Batman too. I mean, maybe that's the, 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 the theme of Batman. It's, it's, it's fight it. It's internal strife. Uh, and then you see that with his villains too. And maybe that's just shedding to light, you know, exactly what the common theme is. Um, but rereading it again, I'm like, ah, this, like, I know long Halloween is the best Batman story of all time. And, but, but, uh, this is a little, a little, a little too facey. Hmm. And you're a big Two-Face guy, too, Sean. Two-Face is my favorite. Um, I don't agree with that okay. because 
Harvey Dent and Tooth and uh, Batman are friends. Joker and Batman are not friends, and there is no, there is no. Um, Harvey can't choose to be Two Face or not be Two Face because the disfigurement that he has prevents him from being able to live a normal life. Um, he's exiled from that. And I think that's part of the tragedy of him. And we know why he is what he is. Whereas with Joker, there's a lot of ambiguity there. Um, we didn't know that there was this other side to the man, you know, and that that's what we're seeing now. So I feel like there are enough differences between the two that for me, it passes the smell test. Um, would, would you say that Jack and Bruce would be friends? No. You don't think Jack, Napier, and Bruce would be friends? No, I don't. Because Bruce Wayne is a fake person, number one. Um, and number two, I think that they're ideolog ideologically opposed in the sense that without, without Batman, the Jack Napier individual, probably... Probably he's he doesn't have the same. Um, he's more similar to Batman than than um, than Bruce Wayne, if that makes sense. And if there is no Batman, Jack Napier does things a different way. He probably just does them by the book. He's probably a regular run of the mill politician, probably a good guy. I think the Batman factor is what creates the schism between them that makes it so that Jack Napier can't be Bruce's friend. Because Jack Napier is willing to do things that Bruce Wayne isn't okay with. Batman can do the things that Batman can do because he has to stop supervillains. Jack Napier is doing them to stop Batman. See, as you list that out, that sounds like the distinction between Two-Face and like, because then why, why, why is Harvey Dent and uh, Bruce, why are Harvey Dent and Bruce friends if in that case, if Similarly, Bruce is the fake person. If Bruce, uh, if ideologically, let's say Harvey's trying to stop uh, Batman through the same means, that 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 to me sounds like they similar characterizations in that sense. Well, Harvey Harvey Dent doesn't try to stop Batman. Harvey Dent and Batman are on the same team. There's no there's no story where. Um, Prior to Two Face, Harvey and Batman have any opposition at all. Mm. Mm. Yeah, in the Long Halloween, there's friction, but respect. Yeah, they're aligned. Uh, they have the same mission. Yeah, yeah. Uh, similar to you know early Commissioner Gordon. Um, okay. okay, and even still if you go by animated series continuity if i'm not mistaken bruce and it was bruce and harvey that were friends they were like old college buddies or something in that yeah in that show the real relationship is between bruce and harvey but in the comics it's between batman and harvey and yeah. the relationship is more about stopping crime uh it's very similar to the, what is in the dark knight uh, but that again that's just where i draw the line between those two characters and i feel like um there is that distinction but i don't think the comparison is out of this world by any means i think it's you know a reasonable comparison 
Um, let's talk about the Neo Joker, because I think that was probably the one thing in the first volume that I was like, eh, yeah. don't, don't, I'm not into this. Same. Like, the idea of her was cool in the sense that she is this rejected uh, version of Harley who now wants to, you know, kind of get the Joker's attention in the same way that the Joker's always trying to get Batman's attention. Um, I appreciated that. But the, but her 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 makeup was very like crowy like emo-y, and you know the freeze gun was a little bit too Batman and Robin for me. How are these people alive anymore? They're frozen. That's kind of what happens. <laughs> you yeah. just get frozen. Um, there's a difference between cryogenically freezing someone and fucking blasting their body with a ray gun. <laughs> just thinking yeah. of that uh, that guy Sub Zero freezes. <laughs> <laughs> in the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I I definitely did not like the name edition, Neo Joker. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. That yeah. that that off it's the like bat was just like a little cheesy. Wow. And uh and I think the uh, I think her premise, like the initial the initial idea of her now no longer having Joker not no longer literally having the Joker because he's gotten he's gone sane is very interesting I, I was like all about that i'm like oh cool like this, this makes a lot of sense but then her as being this unsure leader which makes sense for her character in, in this story uh, i i just i didn't think it, it was actually executed all that well after that like i whenever she come on on page i'm just like ah right i'm a little bored by this character let's see what she has to say all right whatever let's keep going like she she was definitely a, a slow point for me in the book when initially i thought this would be really really cool and exciting to have these two Harleys kind of uh, fight against each other for different reasons for the same person. That, on a premise alone, real cool. But definitely came out a lot different. I think she served her job. She's there to be the the driving antagonist to kind of get the, the big set pieces forward, you know, giant freeze ray. Sure. All the rogues gallery being mind controlled by the Mad Hatter, you know. That was awesome. Um and it was awesome seeing some of the uh, animated series characters that you never see, like what like Baby Doll is one of yeah, them. Yeah, dude. Uh, the Rocket Rider woman, I forget her name. Um Surely but, uh, it's not Red Rocket. <laughs> I thought I was gonna say Red Rocket, but I didn't want to say Red Rocket on here. Yeah, right. Um, I don't think they named her after a, a yeah, dog yeah, yeah, yeah. Dick. We know. Roxy <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocket. Roxy Rocket, yeah. That's not that much better. <laughs> I I get so excited anytime I see Scarface. Scarface and the Ventriloquist, yeah, the ventriloquist are yeah. the I that's top tier Batman villain on my tier list. Also, yep. this ventriloquist looked like the ventriloquist from Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job, too. Hmm. Um, I never saw that. Oh, boy. It's it's a thing. It's a thing. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I agree with you, Tyler. She gave us, you know, an excuse or a way for the story yeah. to kind of move forward, and, and it, it needed that. Um, I feel like there was something lacking in her character, though. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to pinpoint, but she did allow for some cool moments, which I appreciated. Also, um, at first, like on my reread, right, I was like, what the hell is happening? How are they controlling the villains? Like, I got the Mad Hatter tech thing, but what's going on? I didn't realize that Clayface mm -hmm. was actually 
the way they were doing it all and and, I, and that i thought was really cool yeah um I, I i really enjoyed that part i like that it was an inventive way to to and it also addresses something that i hadn't thought about until this book where oh yeah like he has a tongue is that sand yeah he has <laughs> eyes are those sand and it answered my question about it and I'm like oh okay cool it was a clever way and then the card being stuck literally in like the frontal blow of the brain and shit i'm like that, that was a good idea real cool way speaking of art um i mean you know if you pick up a book by one of the writer artist creators i think it's always a treat when they when you know when they're doing the art sometimes it's like oh man you know you're doing the writing which is cool but i really want to see you get let loose in the art front like mm -hmm. uh daniel warren johnson on jurassic league um this is, I think this is a phenomenal looking comic. Um, we talked about the, the the clothing for Harley Quinn, which is all fantastic, Harleen. Um, but I think a lot of the designs and the look and feel of this book is, I love it. I think it's awesome. I really like the the updated Batman suit. Yeah. Yeah. I love those slutty thigh highs. Yeah, what is that about? <laughs> like, I don't know. I got, know, I got but... it right here at my desk, just staring at me daily. <laughs> it seems functional. I think that's why I like it. It's um, it's functional yet fashion. No, I mean, <laughs> um, like it's uh, tactical, and it doesn't feel. Like the animated series where he just has this utility belt where like a, like an unnamed amount of things can be in there. Like it seems all purposeful. Uh, the suit is what I like about it. Mm. The overall the character designs, even when like they they joined the GTO and they became part of police and they got like I don't know additional hats and badges. Every everything there just was a cool addition and a cool rendition of something that's familiar mm. even some of the, the villains too like the way they looked they changed ever so slightly but it it helped accentuate and make it feel like it was part of this world like poison ivy's one in particular that i remember just like oh she like is wearing this like whole jacket situation and um it was all, it was all done very well it's a good croc I like a good croc and uh, a lot of uh, emphasis on clayface's nipples in this i will say he have nipples he did he had uh, 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 very evident nipples I can see if I can bring up the page here just it, it was I'm going to show that to the the viewers and I'll, I'll show you guys like those are just like literally oh, oh wow yeah, those are very prominent yeah. <laughs> uh, while we're showing panels and pages can anyone tell me who this guy is uh, in the middle of the the page, the two page spread where we're Between. seeing all the villains, the guy sitting immediately next to Two Face. Who is that? Scarecrow with the mask. Oh yes, of course. Just didn't I don't know. Look different. Got it. Got it. It's a, it's a weird Scarecrow thing. He's got like a little little bowler, right? A what? He's got like a bowler hat or something like that, from what I remember. Yeah, some kind of weird hat and the mask. Sure, again? Threw me off. What issue yeah. is that? Not sure which issue it is, but I got it up there. It's early on. It's like two or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because he shows up later on. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just figured it was like a like a Sandman looking mask. 
And I did never notice this until right now, but look at Penguin flying in the corner of this panel. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> With the umbrella, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you talk about <laughs> Batman animated series, that Penguin looks ripped right out of there. Didn't change I mean, anything about him. It's funny that we, we're, we're praising all the villains now because uh, once we get to volume two. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. Um, yeah, so, you know, things kind of resolve and uh, Batman and Joker have to team up in order to defeat this uh, this uh, Neo, Neo Joker. Um, it's it's good stuff. I really I really like the, the the way this whole thing resolves. Again, I wasn't thrilled by the um, by the Neo Joker's uh, ice ray, and I do have to criticize the flip flop of Jack Napier to Joker from a visual standpoint. Like it doesn't make any sense how he could go from looking completely normal to pasty white with the green hair. That just that was unbelievable it's it's a cool visual effect yeah but you know if you're trying to immerse yourself in the in the book like it's not conducive yeah i i almost wish that it was implied that that wasn't really happening and that was just a visual representation yeah yeah i guess you could read it that way but i wish that that's what was stated Huh. I, I I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed yeah, I seeing him him like transition between. You could you could see him go from these like stable to manic states, and it, I think he does both very well. Like, clear, composed, and then it's so different when he draws uh, Joker being just like uh, bananas. Well, so speaking of, um, are you guys fine with this being Jack Napier? Like like Joker has a name. He has an identity. Um, I know that's like typically something people don't want, and I, and I know uh, Murphy's using the name from the, the uh, I almost said the Prince Batman, the original uh, Tim Burton Batman, <laughs> yeah, eighty nine, um, using that that no, no, the Prince one. Um, I thought that was a, I thought that was a pretty bold choice to just do that right away, like just get it out of the way. This is a Joker that there's really not much mystery in that regard to, because um, honestly, I'm tired of that fucking Joker mystery. I with think the, like I think three it, jokers and everything recently. I was like, you know, what? I'm, I'm done with that. This is fine. Yeah. Getting it out of the way was a good idea because then you build up like, let's say he were, he was going to build up the whole reveal about it. I think that would have fallen much flatter. If you're just like, this yeah. is what it is. We're done. Let's keep the story going. It's not about this. Like by not making it a priority or by not making it as important a thing. I think it helps to, for me, that helped me not really care at some point. I'm just like, Oh, okay, sure. Jack Napier. That's it. We're accepting it, and this is where we're rolling with, and I'm cool with that. I didn't mind it. Yeah, for me, it's it's just it's another carryover from the animated series continuity. I think it it's simple and it makes sense and it works. It's black label. I don't care. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's yeah. not continuity. Who gives a shit? Yeah, Talk they... to me when Rom B fucks some shit up. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, they can do whatever they want in Black Label, and you know it's fine. Like, uh, if this were if this were a a mainline story, then I would think differently about it. Sure. Um, yeah. Overall thoughts before we talk about uh, Curse of the White Knight. Um, on 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 White Knight. 
and oh, we didn't we didn't talk about the 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 end reveal, which is important. Uh, it's, it turns out Har Harleen orchestrated all of this. Yeah, that's cool. She set this all up. She pit Joker and Batman with each other. She created the pills, which was absurd to me. Um, you know, she's <laughs> a psychiatrist, a biochemist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's quite the genius. Uh, she did all this because she wanted Jack back. And uh, she did feel that Batman was not good for Gotham. Um, and then Jack could give something better to Gotham than what Batman is. Thought that was interesting. I thought her being the one to to make Joker better made sense, but when she orchestrated it about it being a difference between uh, between the direction that Batman was going and how she thought, I guess, crime or how this vigilante should be operating, that felt like a bit of much of a stretch. Like that maybe gave her. It elevated her in terms of like genius status, I guess, because then Bruce had something to figure out. Like it was another mystery to him. And that felt like I don't know that she's at that kind of a level. That feels like it's reserved for, I don't know, Rachel Ghoul or something. I can see that. I think whenever it comes to black label stories, um, I always expect that characters will feel different um and i think here in, in whenever it's an out of continuity story it's more about the emotion of it than how it relates to everyone else we can think of who's canon and and, and relevant um like you would think that this would be like you said like a racial ghoul level strategy but because harley quinn emotionally is connected to the story she's the one that does it and and she's the one that has the capacity to do it. I buy that. She's a uh, fine. You can mix some sort of chemical or whatever, but beyond that, easy. <laughs> That's Kill. the part you believe. I believe the chemicals. Why not? Yeah. Well, like, listen, I believe in chemicals too, but uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't do that much for me. It was fine. Yeah. yeah. It like it it makes story sense. Like it doesn't make sense, but I you know right. reading it, I went yeah okay. You're talking about the reveal is fine, not like your thoughts on the first volume, right? The reveal, the reveal specifically, okay. yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I think the first volume of White Knight is a great proof of concept i think it establishes that you know murphy does have something to say with these characters even if it's not directly related to main continuity i think just as characters he is adding something interesting to the wrinkles and he doesn't you know he plays it pretty safe focusing on the main you know batman supporting cast even right down to making the focus the Joker and Harley Quinn, as far as the villains are concerned. Um, he didn't take too many risks as far as that goes, I don't think. Um, and I thought that was smart because, you know, he only had but so many issues. Um, and I thought he made the most of it. I really enjoyed it the first time. I think I'm with Tyler in that I, I probably enjoyed it a little bit less this time around. 
but even just throughout this conversation i've been i've i've been like oh shoot i didn't think about that before i said it right there or you know someone else said something that was really interesting so i i think this was a home run i bet month to month this was fun too Mm. it was it was yeah it was yeah it still is i will say it still is yeah i the the beyond the white knight i thought was awesome oh that's right yeah did that wrap up recently not done yet okay it's close to close to being done but yeah not yet there's been little like one or two shots in between two that have been pretty enjoyable the red hood stuff Um, the harley book honestly was my favorite of all these but yeah i didn't want to include too much yeah, the Harley book's dense, too. So mm-hmm. uh, so let's talk about Curse of the White Knight. So this is, of course, the sequel. Joker is fully jokered up, and he's in prison. Um, he, at the end of the last book, he revealed, you know, the truth of what he had done, that he was the one who, you know, destroyed the library. He was the one who attacked... Um, backport which by the way when i first read this when i read it this time i saw a blackport oh my god every time after i forgot who was somebody that yeah, one of the tv yeah. announcer said it i would see that first i'm like no no no, no that's not what he's saying the place where duke <laughs> is from <laughs> <laughs> um this book puts the focus more on the legacy of Bruce Wayne, the legacy of Gotham, and it face squares him off with a villain who uh, the book, at, at least, provides a connection and makes it a very personal uh, battle for Batman. We're talking about John Paul Valley, a.k.a. Azrael. Probably, like, the most controversial Batman villain of the 90s um, in that villain. some people think, yeah. He's a hero. I agree. What's what's the face, Tyler? No, I use a hero in my book. Oh yeah. Um He gets Murphy Murph Murphized, Murphyized here. Murfed. I think it's Mur- Murph. he gets murfed. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um he gets murfed and he is turned into a Ex, an ex-military, uh, you know, religious extremist, just like in mainline continuity, at least that part, um, with cancer, who has been contracted to kill that because of history. Um, and it takes familiar concepts about, you know, the deep-rooted potential evil that's lurking within Gotham and the religious aspects of it and you know, which families have controlled Gotham since way back when. It, it takes all that stuff, like even the Gates of Gotham that Snyder was doing, which, you know, became popular around that time, and then it, it bakes it into this. I thought that that stuff was the weakest part of the whole White Knight. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's drivel. Like, it's, it's absolute nonsense. I don't think that Murphy handles it with the care and craft that um that uh, scott snyder did and even james tinian who was involved in some of that stuff i think they did a much better job including it it just felt it took up so much space but it never felt like it mattered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i and don't was, care and the reveal it, takes it, way too long yeah it felt like he was 
his goal was to undermine the Waynes. Right. And, mm. like, it didn't feel like he had enough weight behind what he was trying to do. It, it didn't bear importance at the end of the day, I felt like. like yeah. At the end of the day, okay, who cares? Like, whatever. Yeah, that's what I kept saying the whole time. I was just like, <laughs> do I care about this? Like, so, so yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, I was really scared as you were building that up because I thought you would be like, wow, this is like, <laughs> yeah. me and me killed the same sigh of relief. No, me that. too. Me too. In my, <laughs> in, like, my head, yeah. like, in my head, I'm like, this is the, this is traditionally the worst part of any Batman story. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and, and yeah, it didn't work for me. Um, I, and, and then there were like pirate ships involved. You guys know how I feel about that. That's true. Just true. What I will say, the only credit I'll give that part of the story is that even though I think it was really poorly executed, I, 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 what I got out of it was that it doesn't actually matter what the history is. What matters is what you do now. And that Bruce is a good person. And because he's doing the right things and he's following, you know, his heart or his morals. That he's honoring the legacy of the Waynes before him, i.e., his parents, and that they even they were not the bad people that they were being made out to be, um, and that you know history sometimes gets it wrong. That's what I got out of it. But again, I don't think it was necessarily well executed yeah. or anything like that. You got a lot. You got a lot out of it, Sean. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, um, I think I think too. Just especially with the way it ends, to me, he still kind of gives in to his rage, sure. and he still has to take that second step of, oh shit, actually, that's not who I am. So it didn't. I don't know. It felt. It didn't feel like he was totally being the bigger person. Oh, when he when he uh, slices. Um... Asriel's yeah. throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, and then all of a sudden he's just like, I need to make sure you don't die. Yeah. It's like, hold on, homie. Well, you couldn't have had that thought before you sliced his neck. Right. I had to chop off an arm. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was that was just not a good moment in the story. Um, point blank. But I will say, other than that stuff. Asriel did it for me. I really, really, really liked this uh, version of the character. Uh, I've only... So, years ago, my aunt got these, like, collection of TJ Maxx comics. Like, there's like, a baggie <laughs> of random yep. ass issues of stuff. And one of them was, I think, Legends of Nightfall or something. There was, like, one oh, yeah. alongside, and it was all of the Batman Nightfall stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. but specifically Azrael. so when i first read that i'm like this dude's using guns and he's batman i'm like who the fuck is this guy this guy's yeah. cool as shit so i was excited the moment that i saw that this was john paul valley i was like oh, what hold on a second are we yeah. gonna get the suit and when we got the suit i popped off so hard yep. i turned that page i went yes let's go let's get it yeah young mm -hmm. marco just reading Azrael books and nom <laughs> yeah dude exactly <laughs> that's what i was reading <laughs> i uh i must i i'm a 90s Azrael apologist i 
didn't care for this version of him as much. Mm-hmm. I I have an overall take on this that I think helps me sort of make sense of it. Mm. But I think I like the old one better. And I, I like the way that story is sort of executed better. I like the idea of that one better, but I have not read it. So I cannot comment on the quality of the story. I just have always heard that, you know, oh, this sucked. Um, but, <laughs> you know. Uh, I thought it was pretty point. good. Yeah, I, I, it's hey. one of a, it's a foundational comic for me. I love awesome. it. Awesome. I want to read it. I, I, yeah. I think, I think the shoot's cool. I love, uh, the, the Asriel that they brought back, the, the religious extremist that they, that they had used, um, post, uh, uh, Morrison, the, the third man who becomes, or is it the f- first man? What, whichever one it is. I think it's the first. From the ghosts of, of Batman. Um, I loved all that. And so that's my familiarity with Azrael. But coming into this, I was like, okay, cool. He doesn't give a shit. Like, they're killing whoever. This is hyper-violent. Um, it feels like a borderline a commentary on the, the comics time that Azrael came from. And I like how... You know, Bruce just said at the at the end of um, at the end of White Knight that, you know, he was he was he was redeemed. Like Alfred's letter changed him and he was no longer going to be that, you know, aggressive, hyper violent Batman. He was going to be better. And here comes this villain who, you know, is, a you know, a Batman analog to some degree in the in the main books. He becomes Batman. And he is an absolute nightmare. Um, I really, I really, really like that. I like the contrast. I, I just thought it was all, all really cool. Look at this page. Let me show this page off. This is um, Azrael yes. in the, the mechanized bat suit. I gotta That's say, the page. maybe hot take. I prefer Azrael's red and gold suit. To the I think the red suit. and gold suit is sick. I for love sure, the red and gold suit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Or when it's like red and white sometimes. Yeah, I'm into that. I like that Murphy got both of them in. Yeah. Sure. That I appreciated. I appreciated that. And it's Batman. Yeah. I wouldn't have been happy if if either were missing. Um but you know, character design aside, you know, um fight scenes aside, uh not a lot there. Not a, no. not a ton, not a ton <laughs> no. there. This is I was just gonna say, weaker. yeah, I was just gonna say, like, if they just cut out that those uh, those uh, historical flashback parts, I'd enjoy this a lot. And then I'm like, wait, what what would there be then? Just Azrael <laughs> yeah. going around killing people, and Batman reacting, and Barbara which, yelling at everyone. Which I say that, and I don't hate it. Still, like, it still looks really <laughs> right. good. Uh, it's just super simple, you know what I mean? The the like Ruth stuff, the elite, like every time that someone said just the name Ruth, I was annoyed because it's like, who the, who is that? Like that's not no one cares about that. And character. she just she like dies, like they kill her off, half, not even halfway through. Yeah, because she was inconsequential. She was literally just the way to get Asriel into the story and to get Jim dead. Um, which 
I feel like there could have been a lot, like you could have cut that whole thing out. I think yeah. part of that too was like a reaction to politics uh, in the U.S. Like people being yeah. like, there's even the reference to the 99 percent, the one percent, the elite and SJWs in the first yeah. volume that yeah. was all over it. I, I think that that premise I feel like could have had legs but you needed to name names like name family members with of Gotham right like yeah. that that would have been cool like if you told me like the the Maronis I'm like oh okay we're trying to go after these people right you're trying to go after whoever else the fuck though those the, the Falcones oh Canes like yeah. whoever Thomas like the, the Cobblepots right like that would have been cool because then i'm like oh i can attach people to these i can attach some sort of foundational spirit to your mission but you're just telling me the elites and that's generic as fuck and i don't why do i care and even still all that threads back to bruce right so it's like they say they say at one point toward the end of the book that it's like hundreds of billions of dollars <laughs> I, I was like Come on. <laughs> Hulk is a Batman? I, I, yeah, I think there's two very distinct stories being told here. One of them is the John Paul Valley, you know, family history, religious stuff. And then there's the, you know, elite 1%, you know, story. Both of them could theoretically deal with the history of Gotham. Both them in very different ways. I think I'm far more compelled by, you know, like what Marco just brought up, like these different families that maybe have held Gotham down, that have profited off of, you know, some of the bad stuff that's gone on. You can tie that into the, I, I thought the concept of the Batman um, destruction fund or whatever they called it, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and again, someone stealing from that. Who's who's. Who's profiting from that? The Batman movie has not that concept, but a similar sort of thing in it with the uh the the the, the fund for orphans and all that stuff that they that they had. And That's people right. were siphoning that was how criminals were getting out of prison. They were using that fund. And I think there's a really interesting way that that concept, as it's represented here, could have been explored. But there's so much weird stuff going on on the side of that that all that gets cut out and all we, all we get is ruth and the elite which was irrelevant like, like and the way that azure gets brought in on behalf of the elites via ruth i didn't like that because at that point you could have made it about maintaining the history aspect and maintaining the power struggle that the that murphy was trying to address you could even introduce the church there and be like, okay, the church has like a stranglehold on people and alongside these other rich people, like that feels much more connective. You get rid of Ruth. Uh, there's just, a, this one felt a lot messier in terms of execution and like making me care and focus. I didn't feel like, like this was as clean. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think of, I thought of the Dark Knight Rises uh, and how you know in that movie bane is a mercenary who's brought in by an outside party to do a very very similar thing to what Azrael is brought into gotham to do in this book but he has his own agenda which is driven by the league of shadows which is borderline religious and you know it goes from there 
and I, again, I contain, I maintain that's an extremely deep movie with a lot going on. I think this book has an incredibly similar premise, but I think it executes it worse on every level. And that's unfortunate because I don't think it had to be that. I mean, I think you could say about both volumes that for better or for worse, they are derivative. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's much more for worse uh, in Curse of the White Knight. Um, But is there a a truly original take in this? I I don't know. You know. (laughs) Maybe the Harley stuff. The Harleys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. again, that's my favorite part of this the whole universe so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think that's sort of what I was able to put together reading Curse of the White Knight is this this feels more uh more akin to like an ultimate DC hmm. an ultimate Batman universe. Oh, uh, yeah. That that really helps me sort of compartmentalize a little bit more. Mm. Mm. Um, it just and it just made it feel better. Interesting thought. Yeah, um, makes sense. Because sort of in the way of like uh, the way like Bendis did, um, you know, he had like Mary Jane thrown off the bridge or whatever, and Peter had to save her, and Gwen Stacy was killed by Carnage. You know, in Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, spoilers, spoilers, I guess. <laughs> Damn. Uh, you know, I've never read just, it. So. Uh, stuff like that. You know, it's it's there to sort of introduce you to characters and concepts, mm. but it twists them for a uh, you know, the sake of the story and to add just a little bit of a different flavor. Mm. And I think that's sort of how this works as well the other major beat here and uh story moment is uh harley quinn or harleen rather i guess having children she has twins uh joker's children you know presumably jacks jacks i'm sorry um well one's jokers sure (laughs) god i hope they don't go down that road huh imagine (laughs) um Oh no! <laughs> uh, I I was fine with that. I was kind of when I first read this, I was like, "Oh no!" Like I don't want them to take Harley off the board as a as a player in the story. Um, you know, of having kids prevents her from being able to be a more active member of things. But that didn't happen. Um, she still gets to kick ass. She still has moments and stuff like that. What's weird to me, and I don't know if anybody else thought of this or whatever, but like, why is it that when she's pregnant, her shirts are always like well over her belly? Yeah, yeah. Walks around too. It's called maternity wear, right? No woman, no woman in their right mind. I feel like the only people that. Dress like that are like fat men. (laughs) (laughs) He had no reference point, right? Like, what is he going to do? Like fat, fat dudes who like wear only shorts. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Winter hits. Nothing against it. Just just a personal observation. That's so funny, Sean. I had the same thought. I was just like, (laughs) I always see her belly button. What's up with that? Yeah. Like, I, I I, I just, it just struck me as a weird decision. Yeah, on Murphy. Maybe it's yeah, it's a purposeful like a Tarantino esque decision, you know? 
Oh, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I was going to say, that's how you can tell there was not a woman anywhere near this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's almost, it's borderline hard to talk about this one because I really think that it, it, it stripped the white knight verse of a lot of the interest and nuance that it had. Like I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about the history of these various or these two different warring families and their swashbuckling adventures and <laughs> the distant mm. past. It's so it's it's hard to overstate how irrelevant that stuff is to me. Sean, what is the what is what, what reaction does the word swashbuckling get from you? Goose chills. Interesting. It's similar, I guess, to quarterback. <laughs> you don't like that word? Just, I, you know, I'm just trying to get in your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, what I will say in defense of this book, though, is that it looks so good. Uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of the action's awesome, especially the Azriel Batman fights. Um, I thought they were done really well. And Azrael's design, like, you can see why, you know, I'm sure a lot of toys were sold based. I had toys. I had toys based on Azrael, and I had never seen the character anywhere really? other than <laughs> toys. I didn't even know anything about it. Um, and it's it's just sick. It's so cool. And a uh, particular shout out to Matt Hollingsworth. I love his coloring and mm -hmm. those pages, that page that you pulled up, the the splash of Azrael. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think he does uh, excellent work throughout the entirety of both of these books. Real good stuff. If it wasn't for him, there'd be a different flavor to this book. Totally. Yeah. I, I think um, Sean Murphy chose his, his uh, collaborators very well. Yeah. The... Uh, the thing I was going to ask you guys is, like, how did you guys feel about Joker dying? Um, To be honest with you, I really wish he wasn't a part of this at all. Me too. I don't... <laughs> it I felt don't, weird that this was his big play. Yeah. This is this moment, right? Why, yeah. what, why does this... Again, why does it matter? Who cares? That, so, it, for anyone who, who, who is listening to us talk about this and hasn't read this... We're, we're not addressing the core idea of this book, I guess. And so I'll just very quickly go over it. Joker is fully Joker after the events of the main original White Knight book that we just talked about. And his big play is that he learned in, his, uh, in, in prison uh, where he discovered the Joker, quote-unquote. Um, he learns about you know, these ancient Gotham families uh, and that the Joker was inspired by a person who lived before. Um, and he learned about this person and built his persona off of this individual. Um, and that Bruce and the Waynes are not actually the Waynes. They are imposter Waynes. They stole the, the, the lineage they're way of the wings. <laughs> well they're, done. They're, never mind. Oh good. man. Uh, so that's the that's the big idea. And if you're sitting there and wondering, well, 
how does that pay off? We already discussed it. The payoff is that Bruce doesn't care and no one cares. And we certainly don't. Um, and not to harp on that, but it's just the way it is. The the only thing that happens of consequences in this book is like mad villains die and Gordon dies. The death of Gordon, yeah. Um I thought that, you know, when you're if you're gonna get Asriel over, he's gotta do something of consequence. Mm. And at the very least, that does take place. He does kill Jim Gordon. He does uh almost break Barbara's back. Um, he does cut the head off of Bane, which I thought was wild and also funny because I think that Asriel and Bane have a lot in common if you go by the Dark Knight Rises and this particular comic. Um, but uh, yeah, those are his big shots. And Jim being a casualty of that in a story that is not continuity, sure. I don't want to see Jim Gordon die, so you got me. It, it felt... It didn't even feel like a good payoff. Like the 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 build up to it wasn't even necessarily there. It was the end of the previous issue where he's talking to a shadowy figure he just assumes is Batman. And then the next issue picks up with him getting stabbed. And I, I just I didn't feel a lot of that emotional resonance. Like even when uh Babs ran out of the hospital and then uh Bruce's like crying with his body wrapped in his hands. I just I didn't feel a lot, and I think if you're gonna get rid of such an important character, and I don't have a good reaction to it, I think something was done wrong. I definitely don't have any argument against that. I think the book, in general, things didn't feel the way they were supposed to feel, and I think that just has to do with the fact that so much of it is wasted so much of the page space is wasted there's you could build on those emotions better you could build those relationships better make things matter more but there was too much time spent on the history and i just think that really held the book back and it could have been great i think there's i genuinely think that there is um enough there that's good that if you just took off the stuff that didn't work and built on what did, you could have another offering that's just as good as the initial, but that's not the route that uh, Murphy chose to go. Happens. Final thoughts? Oh, go Before ahead, we do final thoughts, do you guys, uh, I guess, Cal Marco, do you guys have any interest in reading the uh, the current one? What's the current one? Beyond the White Knight? Is that what yeah. we're going on? Yeah. Uh, Terry McGinnis is in it. Ooh, oh man you all right you kind of got me on that one i was, I was just about <laughs> yeah. to be like ah, after this one i don't know if you had left if, if we hadn't read this sequel i'd have been like sure but terry mcginnis mark i do man. recommend the um the harley harley one who uh, who drew that one sean was it scalera i don't remember oh i think it was uh yeah, i have it here i have it here i haven't read them yet i have it ready to to be read but i just haven't I think it was Katana Collins. Yeah, and it was it was written by a woman. Yeah, from Mateo Scalera. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude, Mateo Scalera yeah. is very similar vein as uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, except uh, I'm even a bigger Mateo Scalera fan. You know, uh, Black Science is my jam. Yes, so. yes, yes. Oh. I've been dying to pick that for the book club. Um, yeah, 
that's a good question. Are you guys interested in continuing to follow this universe? Not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had it not been for the for the curse of the White Knight, I would have been more interested. But Terry McGinnis, easy easy to get me. You know, it's funny. I think Curse had more stuff that I would like. I do think the Gotham family stuff is interesting. I I like Azrael, you know. Um, it just uh, just overall that this stuff just didn't didn't work for me. I think that's pretty funny. the 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 second volume is more appealing to you and probably to me too actually now that i think about it from a premise standpoint but execution wise the first one knocked it out of the park yeah yeah relative to this relative to curse all right fair enough um yeah final thoughts it's a good uh, like i said a good ultimate sort of style you know alternate universe take it's an interesting lens into, you know, what Sean Gordon Murphy has to say. If nothing else, the art is what you could show up for. Like, it's yeah. completely worth that. Uh, overall, it's it's fun. Yeah. Uh, at the very least, I can say I had fun reading it. I appreciated reading it, and I adore murphy art so uh you know uh, glad i got almost 16 issues of it can't complain about it but the story definitely left me lacking um i think of the uh, we mentioned it earlier but of the batman stuff it does feel somewhat derivative and for that it definitely gets you know negative points um i think for trying to tell an interesting story with these characters though um i did enjoy the the harley relationships i did enjoy the jack napier premise and so um i think beyond execution i can't really complain about much it was fun otherwise yeah for me i give it like a good like a solid b you know like i think it's a it's it's worthwhile i do like gordon uh strong gordon murphy's art i have a friggin signed uh back to the future uh print nice. by him on my uh, on my wall you can't really see it from here though um i'm a fan uh you know person be damned unfortunately <laughs> um but uh yeah i think i think it's a fun story um i think if you like batman definitely especially if you're an animated series fan that first volume i think you get a lot out of it mm. um i i can't as quite recommend curse the white knight like, like, I can recommend Curse of the White Knight is if you're a Gord, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy fan or if you like Azrael. Like, outside of that, I'm not sure I could recommend it unless you really liked Volume 1 and you just want to keep that story going. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's solid fun. Tyler, who would you get if you had to get a villain commission from Sean Gordon Murphy? Who would you get? Great question. Because you get the, you get the uh, villain, villain specifically, right? Yeah, I do Marvel villains specifically. I don't, oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's a tough one, honestly. Um, mm, I have a thought. I, I have a thought too, and I don't. It's the first one to come into my brain. I don't know why. It's but it's abomination. 
Oh, that'd, that'd be pretty good. Oh, that's pretty I good. liked his Killer Croc in this, so I think he could do something weird with an abomination. But also in my head, I'm like, it's got to be something with motion, I feel. Yeah, kinetic. Um, dude, I was thinking the hood. The hood would be good. I was thinking Silver Samurai. Huh. Oh. Oh, I see that. I see that with Azrael. I'm stuff. also like yeah. thinking of like things that I don't already have. So like, mm. you have a hood already. Yeah, Silver Samurai. Uh, I don't have a hood actually. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't have it. I definitely don't have Silver Samurai. Like Sabretooth could be good, but like I have a Sabretooth already. So. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I would say that um, the first volume is really good. Uh, I think if you're open to, um, maybe not different uh interpretations than have ever been done before of batman but just um different than what main batman looks like right now and at the time um then this might be for you if you really like uh if you if if, uh, this is gonna not sound good but if you like the Zack snyder movies then i think (laughs) this version of batman will appeal to you um, there is hmm. DNA there. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, um, and uh, you know it's you know it's Joker in a new form. It's a lot of really good Harley Quinn and phenomenal art. Curse of White Knight is not great, but Asriel is very badass, and the fight scenes in this one are fantastic. I have read um, some of the Beyond the White Knight and some of harley and they're both quite good so i feel like it picks up after this after where we left off and maybe one day we'll do those but um yeah i think it's i think they're fun i think they're fun and they're just interesting enough to not make me feel like i have to absolutely turn my brain off which i enjoy yeah 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 i appreciate reading it it was fun uh, at the very least i'm glad i'm glad it worked out I'm glad that a Batman book that's not, you know, one of the, like, most celebrated of all time was able to, you know, pass on the book club. I feel like any Batman book like that would likely pass. Like, there can't be terrible runs, right? Ooh. Oh, oh, is that a, oh no. Is that a challenge? Pre, Pre-Morrison, there wasn't, like, a ton. Ed Brubaker had some Batman stuff. I didn't think much of it. I went back and read some Brew of that Baker? stuff. Yeah, His I don't GCPD know. I just didn't stuff think it was much better. Yeah, um, oh. yeah. I didn't think that was too good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like prior to um, prior to Morrison, Batman had obviously some phenomenal runs, but I think there had been a streak of some less than phenomenal stuff closer to that. Okay. Um, but yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for voting. If you were one of the fine folks over on patreon.com slash the comics pals who chose this every single month, we allow our listeners over there to choose between several options curated by us. Uh, And this upcoming month, well, (laughs) I'm saying that, but by the time you guys hear this, the the voting will be over. Uh, We did Halloween as the theme. So the next book club will either be Razor Blades by James Tinian and several many phenomenal creators, uh, Nailbiter by Joshua Williamson and Mike Henderson, or it's going to be Blackest Night 
by Jeff Johns and Ivan Reese, I believe. Yep, the blackest thing Jeff Johns ever wrote. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you guys will join us for that. Let us know what you thought of this. There are so many ways to communicate with us all over the internet. We are the Comics Pals. Listen to our main show, which is live on Twitch every Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern and gets uploaded everywhere else on Mondays, every single Monday. And you can listen to our review show, Pals Pulls, where we talk about single issues that drop every single week, and we allow listeners of all kinds to vote on that. You can leave us a comment any week, anywhere, and let us know what you want us to read. Maybe we'll do it. That's live at 6 p.m. Eastern on every every Thursday on Twitch and goes live everywhere else, hits platforms Fridays. With that, thank you so much for listening. Until the next book club, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. See you next month.